0: all right now now you can hear me all right but uh, it is a blessing to be here i appreciate brother montoro and he has been a tremendous blessing to the gibf the global independent baptist fellowship he's been a tremendous blessing to heartland baptist bible college and uh, i've been around him much in the different meetings with the fellowship and then the different meetings with the colleges and he's always been there to help out and I've heard much about this church. I've seen pictures of the church. And so when we drove up, up front here, I recognized it. I knew that we were at the right place. And, uh, and then, of course, I've heard much about uh, his children and all of them. And uh, that's how you start a church, amen. You just uh, make sure you have enough of your own children to get in there to have someone to preach to. But uh, they've been a blessing to the college And then, of course, we've had a couple of them with the singing groups coming by and been in our home. And uh, they have just a tremendous testimony. And this church has a tremendous testimony. Uh, We need this church in this area. And as a pastor, it's a blessing uh, when you go uh, all around the the country and you see that uh, there's true churches, churches that preach this Bible right here. That's what we have in common is the very Word of God and that's what we want to continue to do is take this Bible and preach its truths to all people and it's always a blessing when I go and I see that uh, when you come in you sense the presence of God in the place and you know they have the truth because they're preaching the Word of God and singing some of the same songs. It's just a blessing to be in a good Bible believing Bible preaching church and I count it an honor to be here tonight. Uh, We have been all over the country to get here. We left from Indianapolis and had to fly to Kansas City, and then from Kansas City, we had to go to Milwaukee, and then we finally got on a plane to take us to New York City, (laughs) and so it's been a long trip, but we've uh, got to just look at the whole country all day today. And uh, finally arrived here, so it's a blessing to be here tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, I, hope, I trust you do. Look to the book of, with me to the book of Genesis in chapter forty-five, Genesis chapter forty-five. Now I know this is a, um, a GIBF uh, regional meeting here, Northeast uh, GIBF meeting, as well as a missions uh, conference for the church, and so I just was praying, and and I trust that I have uh, what God has for everyone that's here tonight, and I. I believe that, uh, uh, that I do, and I trust that you came expecting to receive from, something from the Lord. I tell our people, you need to come expecting uh, to, uh, to receive that, and if you come expecting, I don't think that you'll go away without receiving what God has for you. Getting to the church is half the battle, but then making sure that you receive what God has for you once you get here is the other half of the battle. So I, I trust that you'll stay plugged into the message tonight, and you'll yield uh, to, the, to the Lord and receive what God has for you through this passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 45. So if you'll stand with me, we're going to read verse 24 down to verse 28. In Genesis chapter 45, verse 24. Now, many of us here tonight, if you know your Bibles, you're very familiar with uh, Joseph. Joseph is a type of Christ in the Old Testament, and what a tremendous example he is for us, uh, even today. Uh, if Jesus lived in the Old Testament, he would have, Joseph had the testimony of Christ. He, he responded to his troubles and trials and the different things of life just as a true Christian or someone who is Christ-like ought to respond to him. And, uh, and so we have this and God has recorded the life of Joseph uh, so that we might learn from his life and we might learn biblical principles. And uh, we've recently in our church went through the life of Joseph on Wednesday night And it's it's just amazing, it's a blessing when you see that principle taught from the life of Joseph and then you go to the New Testament and it's right there in Scripture. (laughs) And uh, I think the theme of the entire life of Joseph is God is able to work all things out for good. And when it looked like, I mean, how in the world could it work out if your brothers sell you into slavery? And people look around and say, how in the world? How, what kind of goodness could come out of that? How could God turn that around? And yet, when you read the, read the end of the story, you see how God turned it around and how God had a purpose for it. And on and on and on throughout the life of Joseph. And then you look at Romans 8, 28. Amen? I mean, that is the life of Joseph. We see that, the example of Romans eight twenty eight in the life of Joseph. And what a blessing that is. So for, in chapter 45... In verse 24, we find that Joseph has already revealed himself to his brothers. They're in the land of Egypt. And he tells them, he's now telling them to go home and reveal what you've seen and what I've told you to my father Jacob. And it's very important that Jacob would hear the message that Joseph had for him. And so let's read here, starting in verse 24. So he sent his brethren away... And they departed and said unto them, and he, and he said unto them, See that you fall not out by the way. And they went out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan unto Jacob their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not, And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel, which was Jacob, said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. And let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we do come before you tonight, what a blessing it is to assemble ourselves in your name and knowing that as we have done that, that you are here in this place with us. We thank you, Lord God, for this church and for what you've been able to accomplish through this ministry, not only in this area but around the world. Thank you for that. For the opportunity to host this GIBF uh, regional meeting and to be able to be an encouragement to the members of this church concerning missions, Lord, what a blessing. And I pray tonight, God, that each and everyone here would expect to hear from you. I pray, God, that they have come tonight knowing who they have come to worship. They have come tonight knowing that you work through the preaching of your word. And I pray, God, that each one would have that ear to hear what you have to say to them individually. And I pray tonight, God, that you might speak to each and every one of us as we have need to be spoken to. I ask that you would use me once again as an instrument in your hand to bring forth your message to your people from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen, and amen, you may be seated. Now, you see, I see you got two waters up here, brother. Does it matter? Do I get both of them? <laughs> this might be a two-cup night. I don't know, so. That's if I preach well. If I don't, then I'm supposed to drink this one and heat there to end it afterwards. <laughs> um, the need. Can I tell you that people all around the world have a need to hear and then to believe the truths of God's Word all around the world. People's needs are the same. Their spiritual needs are the same. Mankind is lost and on his way to a devil's hell. God has one plan of salvation for all people. No matter where they live, no matter what their background's, God's plan for all people is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for them to hear the gospel, to believe it and receive it, to receive the gift that God has for them. As we look back here in Genesis in chapter 45, in verse 27, the Bible says, the spirit of Jacob, their father, Revived. Brought back to life. Jacob was ready to die at this point in his life. No doubt he had it on his mind because even after, when he did believe that Joseph was alive, and we'll get into some of that later, then he says, Before I die, I'm going to go see him. He had this idea of death. His spirit was dead spiritually. I mean, he had no desire to live he had no desire to accomplish anything else his life had come to the place where he was ready to just end it Lord take me home and the spirit of Jacob after hearing the truth about his son Joseph was revived now, many of us here understand as we look into the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 12, we find that God gives Abraham, makes his covenant with Abraham. It's called the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 through 3. And let me just read that real quick to you tonight, because what he says to Abraham uh, would be passed down from Abraham to his son Isaac and then to Jacob. And out of Jacob's loins would come the 12 tribes of Israel. And he says this, he says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. This great nation would become the nation of Israel, which would be the name that they would... Called Jacob. Jacob would be called Israel. And out of his loins would be the twelve tribes of Israel, his children, his sons. And so Abraham, as his God's given Abraham this covenant, he realized how he would use the seed of Jacob. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families. All families of the earth be blessed. No timeline for that. All families of the earth. Families of the earth are still being blessed today because of the message that God has given to us through the Bible right here. All families. God still has a love for all humanity. God's desire is that every man, woman, and child of the age of accountability come to that place in their life where they'll hear the truth, believe the truth, and then receive Jesus and the gift that he has for them. That's God's plan. That's God's will. Abraham was to pass this down to Isaac. Isaac would pass this down to Jacob, who would be named Israel. Now Israel's seed, his sons, and we look at the early stage here of his family, I think that we would all say it would have to be a dysfunctional family for the brothers to sell their youngest brother into slavery and would have killed him. Their desire to start with was just to take his life. Let's get rid of him. Let's kill him. But because they wanted to make some money, they went ahead and sold him and then convinced the father that he was dead. That's a dysfunctional family. What was taking place in Jacob's life with his sons was not where it, what God wanted it to be. The sons outside of Joseph did not have the spiritual desires that God wanted them to have. And so they sell him into slavery. Well... We find here that Jacob's wife, Rachel, was barren. She wanted children. She even looked at Jacob and said, give me children. He said, am I God? Only God can give children. Children are heritage of the Lord. And so Rachel was barren for some time, and then God gave her Joseph. For eight years, he was her miracle baby. For eight years, Rachel would have poured her life into Joseph. Rachel would have told him that you're special, Joseph. God has a purpose for you. Rachel understood. She knew of the Abrahamic covenant. She knew how God was going to work through Jacob, her husband. And she knew that she had just given birth to one of Jacob's sons. She knew that God would have a plan for the life of Joseph. For eight years, she poured her life into Joseph. And then she dies. When Joseph's eight years old, she dies in giving birth to her second son. Joseph's younger brother. I was saved when I was eight years old. That was 49 years ago. <laughs> I still remember it as if it was yesterday. As an eight year old son, a boy, you can remember some things. Joseph would not have forgotten his mother and what she had instilled within him, the truths that she had taught him. After she dies, for the next nine years of Joseph's life, he becomes a favorite son. Of Jacob. The favorite son of Jacob. Now, Jacob would be the one pouring his life into Joseph. I believe that Jacob would have been telling Joseph some of the very same things. What your mom taught you is true. God has a purpose for your life. Because let me tell you about my grandfather, Abraham. And how God worked in his life, and how that he served an almighty creator God. And God made a covenant with him. And that covenant was passed down to my father, Isaac, your grandfather. And Isaac passed that down to me. And so we find here that no doubt, as we would study that, for nine years, Joseph would have been the son that wanted to hear what his dad had to say to him. He had spiritual desires. The other boys were out carousing. As far as we know understand about them, they had no spiritual desires. Dad couldn't trust them. And that's why he elevates Joseph to the place where Joseph now would be their foreman. (laughs) He would oversee them and he would report back to dad concerning the state of his flocks. Concerning what was going on with the boys. Joseph was given that position by his father. Because he was the one he could trust. At 17 years of age, Joseph is taken from his father, Jacob. After nine years of pouring his heart into Joseph, telling Joseph, God has a purpose for your life. One day the other boys come home and they had this coat of many colors. They knew that he would recognize it. And they had covered it with blood because they knew that if he saw that, he would have to come up with a conclusion that some evil beast must have devoured, killed Joseph and devoured him because that's all that's left. And he believed his sons. Who would want to believe that your sons would lie to you about their brother? Who would want to believe that your own seed would kill one of their own brothers or sell him into slavery? So now Jacob has Joseph taken from him. For 23 years, 23 years Jacob believes that Joseph is dead that brings us up to chapter 45 what we just read our text Joseph now knows what they told their father what happened because the boys finally come clean the boys finally repent and not even knowing this was Joseph that they was repenting to it and revealing that what had happened. And now Joseph reveals himself to his other brothers knowing what they had told dad. And Joseph knew that Jacob needed to hear the truth. Because for 23 years he had been living under the oppression of Satan's lies. And he tells them because he knew how important it was for his father, Jacob, to know the truth about what God had been doing for the last 23 years, what God had been doing in the life of Joseph, and what Joseph would have come to the place where he, his visions that God had given to him coming true and he tells them verse 4 24 he says so he sent his brethren away and they departed and he said unto them see that you fall not out by the way i love that joseph warned his brothers to stay on course because you have a message that needs to be heard Because dad's ready to end his life. He has no purpose. He has lost any desire to go on with life. For 23 years, Satan had been working on him because he believed the lie. Joseph knew what that would do to him. And so he tells them, says, Fall not out, by the way, because dad needs to hear the truth. I, I can see Jesus telling us that very same thing. This world has believed the lies of the devil. Some have never heard the truth, they've never heard the truth, and because they have not heard the truth, they have believed the lies of the devil and they're oppressed because of the lies that they have believed to be true. And he's telling his church, fall not out, by the way. This world has a need for what you have to tell them. We could go on with that message. Praise the Lord that we have a church in this area very dark area, amen? No doubt about it. Oppressed by the lies of the devil concerning what they think to be true. But they're nothing but lies. And he would tell this church, fall not out, by the way. Because you have the truth and the world needs the truth. This New York City needs the truth as well as every other city in America and every other country around the world. All people need to hear the truth. The message that he wanted to send them though is found right there in chapter 45 as Joseph understands what they had told Jacob knowing that it had been 23 years and how Satan would have used this in Jacob's life and he says this in verse 7. He, says, he said, go tell him this. God sent me before you to pre- preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Go tell, the, tell dad that these 23 years, God has been working. You didn't know it, but God has been working His plan. And His plan is to reach the world. His plan is in accordance with the Abrahamic covenant. He needs to hear that. Verse 9, He says, "Haste, ye And go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith the s- thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. Remember the remember the the, the the visions that I had had? Remember the visions that I told you that my brothers were gonna bow down? It, God, was gonna, God has done that. What you had told me about how God would work in my life, what mom told me about how God was going to use my life, it's all true. But you've been blinded to it. You didn't know it was true. But it is true. Verse 13, he says, And ye shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that ye have seen, and ye shall haste and bring down my father hither. He needs to hear that. (laughs) Everything that Jacob had told Joseph was true. For 23 years, Jacob had been living under the oppression of Of Satan's lies. And it devastated him. Genesis chapter 37. I want you to see what happened when he first heard it. It devastated him from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 37. When the boys come home and he realized he believed that Joseph was dead. This is what he said. Genesis 37 verse 34. And Jacob rent his clothes. And put sackcloth upon his loins. And mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters. Rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said. For I will go down into the grave. Unto my son. Mourning. Thus his father wept. For, him. Yeah. for 23 years, nothing good was recorded about Israel. Matter of fact, he didn't even want to be called Israel. He wanted to be referred to as Jacob. 23 years. Jacob would have been questioning God's promise. Of the Abrahamic covenant. For 23 years nothing was happening. He had told Joseph as well as his, his wife. As Rachel told Joseph. God has a plan for your life. This Abrahamic covenant is real. God is real. And God's going to work in our lives. And God's going to use the sea, my seed. To be a blessing to the world. All families of the earth shall be blessed. But how could that be if you're dead? God, <laughs> how could that be if Joseph was killed? Is it true? 23 years, he didn't accomplish anything. Oppressed by the lies of the devil. God's will for Jacob to be called Israel, questioned. What he had taught Joseph. Did I do the right thing by raising my children to believe in a creator God? Did I do the right thing by telling them that God was going to use their lives and that God had a purpose for their life? 23 years. Nothing. Can I tell you today that many are in need of being revived because they have believed Satan's lies? And because you believe Satan's lies, you're questioning God. Did it not happen to one of the patriarchs of Israel? (laughs) In 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, we find, again, truth about this. We find that God has revealed the truth to the church. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, we know Satan has powerful uh, tactics and he's able to deceive and he's able to feed us lies that will blind us to truth. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, he tells us, if people are lost, look what it says in verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ the truth who is the image of God should shine unto them. Can I tell you that we know it happens to the lost. The lost have been blinded by the lies Of the devil, and they are under spiritual oppression whether they realize it or not because they don't have the truth. They're blinded by lies. But can I tell you that not only are the lost blinded, but we have believers in churches all around this globe who have believed but are questioning God today. And the reason they're questioning God today is because they're not hearing the truth. Truth is not being preached as it needs to be preached. You might want to write this statement down. We are more apt to believe a lie if we're not hearing the truth. Something about that. If you're not hearing the truth, then what's going to keep you from believing a lie? They say if you keep telling a lie long enough, you'll eventually believe it's true. I think that all of us can probably attest to that. Maybe some little white lie about something happened in the, our past, and you told it long enough. Well, where you have to really stop and think about it, you know? Maybe that girl did break up with me. <laughs> Instead of me breaking up with her like I've been telling everybody. <laughs> uh, maybe I didn't make that honor roll when I, thought I, made the, when I told people I had good grades. <laughs> and you, you want to believe that, and so you, you tell that lie long enough, and before you know it, because you've not heard the truth concerning that, all you've heard is that lie. You're more apt to believe a lie if we're not hearing the truth. Questioning the reality of God. We're living in a society, in a world today that are questioning the reality of God, questioning the reality of a place of heaven and questioning the reality of a place of hell. Because that's what the philosophies of the world are teaching. That's what our children watch to make them think that there is a God when they're taking prayer out of the schools and they're taking uh, the Ten Commandments out of the government offices and they're taking, wanting to take God out of everything in our society. And they're introducing the lies of the devil that we just evolved to where we're at being taught as fact, not as philosophy, but they are being taught that as facts. From not hearing the truth. We're more apt to believe a lie. You see, because some are even being taught that by their parents. Because their parents are blinded because they believe the lies of the devil and they don't want their children getting caught up in a especially a fundamental independent fundamental Baptist church I've heard nothing but bad things coming out of fundamental Baptist churches and that's a bad name and it is true that most of the weirdos that get all the attention the public attention I tell my wife, wait, a, you're going to see, it's coming from, they're going to be a part of a fundamental Baptist church. Wait and see. Because <laughs> Satan wants to highlight that. Right. That's right. Because if he can get the world to believe that they're all a bunch of idiots, weirdos, they're more apt to believe a lie. If they're not hearing the truth. Had somebody come up to me, we we don't have any uh, softball teams now, uh, but we had uh, some softball teams, a couple of them actually, in our church. And I had somebody come to me afterwards and said, why is it, preacher, that we can go to a secular softball or baseball game and they get along, they might be competitive, but there's no fighting, there's no fussing. I mean, and then you go to a Christian, so-called Christian league, and where they're playing sports, and they're out to beat each other up. They're out there getting upset with each other, and there's more going on to discredit the cause of Christ at a Christian league. Why is that? And I tell them, Satan's not out to destroy the testimony of the lost. (laughs) But he is definitely out to destroy the testimony of the saved. Because if that's what he can convince them, that's what so-called Christianity is all about. They're more apt to believe a lie if they reject the truth. They're not hearing the truth. Questioning whether the Bible is the literal words of God. Jesus very clearly revealed that to us. He told us heaven and earth is going to pass away. My word will never pass away. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If we are to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, then God would have had to preserve every word for us. And He has. For the English-speaking people, this King James Bible right here, that is every word preserved exactly the way God has it preserved for us. But even in so-called Baptist churches. They're not holding on and preaching this as being the word of God because they're going to a, maybe a user-friendly Bible. (laughs) A user-friendly Bible. Whatever version you want to bring to church. Whatever version speaks to you, whatever the easiest version for you to read, it's all right. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus taught. Every word. Every word. But if the church is not hearing that, if the truth is not being preached from the pulpits in our good churches, how are the people going to believe the truth They're more apt to believe a lie. Use whatever so-called version of the Bible that you want to use. I don't have a problem with commentaries. I I love. I, I have several commentaries. A commentary is what, it's a man's idea of what the Bible says. It helps us to glean from different men concerning their interpretation of certain passages of Scripture. If it's a commentary, I'm all for that. But don't call it a Bible. Don't say that it's God's preserved word. No. Because if that says something, then another version, and that version says something different than another version, that which is different is not the same. Then what's what's that telling people? There is no final authority. It's whatever you want it to be. It's however you interpret it. That's not the way God left the Bible for us. God wants us, Jesus taught we ought to live by every word. If we are, then he has preserved it for us, and I believe he has. There's one Bible that God has had his hand upon that the test of time has proven for the English-speaking people. It's right here in this King James Version. But if people aren't hearing that, they're not hearing the truth, they're more apt to believe a lie. Even in Baptist churches. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing the truth. I love hearing the Bible preached. When we're traveling in the car, if, I'm, if we're traveling in the car, I'm either, I either have a message i'm listening to preaching tapes because the more i hear the truth the more apt i am to reject the lies (laughs) amen and so when we're when we're as a pastor i want i need to continually be around the truth i need to be challenged by other men of god that's why i go to fellowship meetings that's why i want to hear other men preach the word As long as they're preaching from this Bible right here, I want to hear the word preached. Every time these church doors are open, every member of this church ought to desire to bring your family in, to influence your family under the preaching of the truth. If I'm not listening to preaching tapes, I've got music on there. And it's not the world's music. It's music that I know has a message from God. Because if you're not careful and you start listening to more of the world's music, you're influenced by the message of that song. But if it's God's message, you're being influenced by the truth. And those jingles that you start singing, (laughs) what you keep on your heart and on your mind, you don't even realize how it's it's impacting your heart and your mind. It's the truth. If you're around the truth, you're more apt to reject the lies. Mm. Yeah. Questioning whether separation and standards are really necessary. Can I tell you that there might be some difference on the degree of separation and good fundamental churches? But there should not be a Disagreement on the doctrine of separation. The doctrine of standards. But when you stop preaching on separation and standards. You're more apt to believe the lie. That doesn't matter. If they're not hearing it preached on. In many of your so-called community churches. And some of the other type of denominational churches. That are not preaching the truth. How are the people going to. Know the truth, that the truth is not being preached. If if it's not being preached, they're more apt to believe the lies. And the lies will oppress them when it comes to a walk with God. Question the need for scriptural baptism. Well, any baptism will do. If you were sprinkled, that's all right. That's baptism. If you were, if you were uh, baptized as a child, that's baptism. That's a lie. If you study the Bible, you understand that baptism is for believers. How can you truly identify with a Savior that you don't know? No matter who told you it was all right to hold on to a baptism, an infant baptism, no matter who it was that told you to hold on to a baptism before you got saved, that's a lie. But if you're not hearing that preached, you're more apt to believe a lie. If we're not hearing the truth, what's going to keep us from believing a lie? Jacob didn't hear the truth. And he put confidence in his other sons. Surely they wouldn't lie to me about their own brother. But they did. And for 23 years, he was oppressed. Because he believed the lie. About local storehouse tithing. Well, the evangelist on the TV there, he told me I could send it to him. Sure he did. (laughs) If that's all you hear, you're you're more apt to believe it. But when you get connected to God's plan in the local independent church, Baptist church, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, you're going to hear the truth. When you hear the truth, then you can reject the lie. Joseph knew that Jacob needed to hear the truth. And so he tells him, don't fall out, by the way. Dad needs this. Now that I understand what you told him and what's been going on for the last 23 years, it's a wonder Dad's even alive today. Amen. To So get this message back and give it to him as quickly as possible. Because he needs it in order to know the truth, to be revived, to have a desire to live, to understand that God has been working. God is still on the throne. Go back there with me. Genesis chapter 45. Amen. Everybody doing all right? (laughs) All right. Just one, one more point here. Amen. One more point. The first one is Joseph knew that Jacob needed to hear the truth. We need to hear the truth. If the world, if the lost man never hears the truth, he's going to believe a lie. It's going to come from somebody that he trusts mom and dad, a priest, a so called pastor. Look back there with me, verse 26. And they told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. Dad, there's the truth. (laughs) And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. Wait a minute. (laughs) If he heard the truth, surely he's going to believe it. He believed them when they told him a lie. I believed you then. Were you telling the truth then or are you telling the truth now? (laughs) His first thought is, it can't be true. For 23 years I've been mourning over the death of Joseph. For 23 years, I believed and and trying to make sense out of all this and trying to cope with this loss for 23 years. And now you tell me that you lied to me? I've led people to the Lord. I had one guy, he was 30 years old. And he started crying. And he said, why did they lie to me? Why did the church that I was going to, why did they lie to me? I I believed that what they said was true. I thought I was saved. I thought I was going to heaven when I died. And yet now I know that I was lost. I could have died and went to a devil's hell. Why did they lie to me? I said, well, somebody lied to them. They probably believed what they was telling you was true. Your parents might have believed what they was teaching you and how they was raising you was right. But if they were oppressed by the devil, then he's going to get their children. If they're oppressed by lies, their children will be oppressed by lies. And they will pass down that oppression until a more powerful influence comes into their life that reveals to them truth can I tell you if you know the truth you are you have a more powerful influence and the world needs to hear that your family needs to hear that your co-workers need to hear that because if they don't have the truth they're more apt to believe a lie so Jacob now his heart fainted it can't be You can tell, you could just, his heart fainted. You could see him just thinking, wait a minute, no, 23 years. I've wasted 23 years of my life not believing God, questioning whether God's word was right, questioning whether or not the, the Abrahamic covenant was truly passed down to me. But Joseph knew that not only did he need to hear the truth, he would need to believe the truth. Look at the next verse. <laughs> and they told him of all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw, Do you see that right there? Joseph knew, I'm not only going to send the truth with you by word of mouth, I'm going to give you something that is undeniable. I'm going to give you something for dad to see that when he sees it, he'll know that you couldn't have produced that on your own. (laughs) Amen. Look what it says. When he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, when he seen all that Joseph had given to them, because they was going up back with, with their youngest son and they didn't know if they would ever even make it back. And not only do they all come back, but he has all these wagons. He has all these blessings that Joseph put on the wagons so that dad not only would, would, not, would, would not only hear the truth, but he would be able to visualize it. <laughs> there it is. For 2,000 years, the true church has been preaching this Bible, the same Bible, the same truths. Truths haven't changed. This 21st century church movement today has got the same truths that the first century church had. How, how can you deny that? If it was of man, it wouldn't have lasted this long. <laughs> Not only did God give us this Bible, before that he gave us creation. How, it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in creation. Creation. There's more loopholes in, in evolution than there are in faith and understanding that God created. The idea of what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Do you have any sense at all? There couldn't be an egg without a chicken. <laughs> God created yet we believe the philosophies of the, of the world thinking well they're educated they know more than we know if that's what all the professors are teaching if that's what the teachers at school are teaching if that's what our government has come to surely it can't be wrong yes it's a lie God created the Bible takes us from eternity past everything we need to know and can't understand about the past the Bible has it right there recorded for us it hadn't changed. It also takes us to eternity future. Everything we can and need to understand about the future, God has recorded it for us in the Bible. The prophecies of old, leading up to where we're at today, have all come true. Why will we doubt that the prophecies from this point forward will not come true as well? They will. The rapture is a reality. There will be a seven-year tribulation period. The millennial reign will take place exactly as the Bible says it will, and there will be a Gehenna hell, a great white throne judgment. How do you know that? Because of the truth. Not only did I hear the truth, I looked it up for myself. <laughs> I wanted to see it myself. Before I surrendered to preach the word of God, I wanted to make sure that this was the word of God. Before I started preaching and teaching to, this is true, I wanted to make sure it was true. So I not only did I hear, I just didn't take the preacher's word for it. I would listen. But then I would go home as they taught us to do, as Jesus taught us to do and search the scriptures. To make sure, see it with your own eyes. Yeah. When he saw the wagons with Jacob sent, he believed and he was revived. To bring back to life, to renew, his spirit was renewed. The joy of the Lord, <laughs> the peace of God the confidence in truth. His spirit was renewed. His thoughts toward God was renewed. His faith in God's promises, the Abrahamic covenant was renewed. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Can I tell you, we're in need of hearing the truth And hearing the truth more often if we're continually questioning God. If you're continually questioning God, can I tell you what's happening? You're listening more to the lies of the world than you are the truths of God's word. You want to stop that? You want to get rid of that? You need to hear more of the truth of God. What happens to people when they start believing more Of the philosophies of the world, they'll start missing Wednesday nights. Worst thing you could do, because now you're limiting how much truth that you're being influenced by. And then they'll start missing Sunday nights. Then, usually, it's Sunday school. And I can tell in our church, because they'll move from the front of the church to the back pews, and then from the back pews to the balcony. And to the balcony, out the back door. Getting farther farther and farther away from the truth. (laughs) It's because they're being influenced more by the lies. If you're being influenced more by the lies, you're more apt to reject the truth. But if you turn it around, if you bring more truth into your life, if you're exposed to more of the truth, you're more apt to reject the lies. If we're not seeking God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God. When we're looking to God last, you're being influenced more by the lies of the world than you are the truth of the word of God. If, if we've lost our desire and love for God's word, you are being influenced by the world telling you it's not really God's word. If we've lost our zeal for God's work. I guarantee you, if you've lost your zeal for God's work, if you're saved, if you've lost your zeal, you've been influenced more by the lies of the devil than the truths of God's work. Satan had Jacob thinking that Joseph was dead for 23 years. He just needed to hear the truth. What about, what about you? What's going on? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your spiritual life? Are you saved tonight? If you're not saved, it's because you've been blinded to the truth that you need to get saved. I've often told people Satan is a liar. He can't tell the truth. If you're saved, he's going to work hard to convince you that you're lost. And if you're lost, he's going to work hard to convince you that you're saved. <laughs> that, that, he's a liar the Bible says that God cannot lie so if you get in his word and you find out what God says a man needs to do to be saved and you do that you can have assurance based on the truth and the words of a God who cannot lie If you've done what God says you need to do to be saved, not what the church, and not what a man says, but what the Bible says, what God says, you can have assurance that you're saved based on the words of a God who cannot lie. If you don't have that assurance, you're listening more to the devil. You're being influenced more by lies than truth. What's going on in your life? What kind of oppression... Has Satan got you under because you're not hearing the truth that God has for you to hear? Turn it around tonight. Reject the lies. Turn back to the truths of God's word. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed. Spirit of Jacob was revived because he heard and believed the truth. He went to Egypt and he lived another 17 years with Joseph. For the first 17 years of Joseph's life, Jacob took care of him. For the last 17 years of Jacob's life, Joseph took care of him. (laughs) Uh, What a blessing God gives us when we study the word. He was ready to die. He heard the truth. He lived another 17 years with the peace of God with the joy of knowing everything that God said was true, he started seeing the Abrahamic covenant coming to fruition, not only in Joseph's life but in the lives of all of his other sons. What a blessing for Jacob. Because he heard the truth and believed the truth. That's what we need to do tonight. What a Satan convinced you of has taken you away from God's truths God's plan his will for your life maybe tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed if somebody here said preacher I am not 100% sure that I'm saved if I were to die tonight I am not 100% sure that heaven would be my home and I'm concerned about it and would you pray for me I want to pray for you I'm not going to embarrass you at all but you might be here tonight and you say preacher I'm not sure that I'm saved would you pray for me? I'm concerned about it. Would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand. God bless you. I see your hand over here. Somebody else. I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. You can put it down. God bless you. Somebody else. said, preacher, I'm concerned about it. I, 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 I'm not sure. Pray for me. Somebody else. And maybe somebody said, preacher, I, I am saved. I know I'm saved. But I've been believing more of the lies. And I understand now it's because I've not been around the truth as I ought to be around the truth. Pray that I'll take the steps to receive more of God's truths, be influenced by truth. Pray for me. Somebody like that tonight? Raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm concerned about that. Pray for me. I see your hands all around the, all around the congregation, all around the auditorium. In a minute, we're going to give an invitation As we give an invitation, if God spoke to you, an invitation is an opportunity for us to respond to whatever God spoke to us about. So if God spoke to you tonight, respond to him. Go to him and respond as he would have you to respond. Father, we love you. Thank you tonight for meeting with us. Thank you for the truth of your word. I pray now, God, that you would take the message and help each and every one of us to make the application We've asked, we pray that you'd speak to us as we have need to be spoken to. I trust that you've done just that and we have received it as we needed to receive it. Now help us to respond accordingly. Bless now in this invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.